levels, they keep rising. There's something we can do to stop them. These readings are unprecedented. Shut it down. Shut it all down. What do you mean, the whole thing? What do you mean if we don't find a cure? Shut the whole economy down. There's going to be riots in the street. Everybody's going to die. Everybody. Commence the political dampeners. Initiate warp speed. It requires sacrificing the economy, but just do it. Damn it, Jim. I'm a comedian, not a political science major. The president has been compromised. I repeat, the president has been compromised. Fuck it. We'll do it live. Fuck it. We'll do it live. Uh, hey guys, here we are. Ian and Tanner are back. We're in Chaos We Trust. Shit's still fucked, guys, and this is episode 15. We get on down to Riverside Wine Spirits. They take care of us here. And uh, as usual, I feel like we forget to say this, but our views on this show do not reflect that of our sponsors. But Riverside Wine Spirits, they provide the Brew Chat podcast booze each week. They provide us a good time and booze. And uh, yeah, get on down there and check them out. They've got some great ideas for Christmas gifts. They've got uh, more than just booze. They've got, like, you could put together, like, some really nice gift baskets. And I think they even have something like this where uh, it's got, like, I don't know, they've got, like, a wine basket, a whiskey basket, things like that. But even if they don't, they can help you put that together. And then they can also do the same for beer. And maybe even pair it with some cheese they have down there. And if you don't want to get it for anybody else and you're a selfish prick, just uh, get it for yourself. Enjoy at home alone doing your selfish powdathon on Christmas night. So yeah, right there on Riverside Wine, right there on Manufacturer's Road at Riverside Wine and Spirits. And then another great spot to go get Christmas gifts is right there in Merchants on Main, right on Main Street. It's right there across from Paxbury Room. It's a, uh, I don't even really know how to describe this little shop. They've got some antiques, they've got some vinyls, they've got furniture, they've got sweaters, they've got local candles, coffee. I'm trying to think what all they've got. They, uh, it's a regular haberdashery down. Yeah, it's a lot of, it's a big mix of stuff. It's like booze. It's kind of like, I don't know, the big thing these days for these antique sort of stores is to have booths, basically, and people have booths okay. in there. So different booths will be different. Like, I've got a wall so area it's like, in there it's, with my photography. It's like a store that sublets out to other vendors. Kind of, yeah. That's a neat idea. And it's yeah. like, I mean, especially in this economy, it seems like a really necessary idea. Yeah. And so she's got, uh, I imagine there's some stuff she brings in herself, but then she's got space where she allows local makers and artists right. and photographers like myself and uh, painters or sculptors or whoever set up in there and sell, and then she takes a little commission. Sounds very organized for an antique store. Most antique yeah. stores I go to are a mess. <laughs> it is. It's like... I, well, I that's don't, part I of don't, the charm, too. Yeah, I don't like calling it an antique store because it's really not. Um, but like haberdashery, like Or, or like said. a curiosity shop. Yeah, it's got a bunch of odd stuff. I got some... Uh, I found some antlers down there. Got those from my lady friend for Christmas. I don't think she listens to this, so I think that it's okay to say that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I got some books. Uh, they've got some great candles, like I said. Yeah, it's just like, it's a neat shop. They've got a bunch of different stuff in there. But uh, needless to say, yeah, go check out Merchants on Main. It's right there across from Pax Brew Room on Main Street. And, uh, yeah, shit's still fucked, guys, so we're here to talk about it. We'll start out with a COVID update. But, uh yeah, last I checked, it was like roughly sitting around like 25 and a half 
infection rate in Tennessee, we're the worst in the nation right we now. We are number one. Yeah. We are number yeah. one. No, I heard we were the worst in the world is what I heard. Could be. Like we are like the... Well, that makes sense if we're the worst state... In the worst country. In the worst country, yeah. yeah. That would make sense. Even hey, though it does seem that there's a new mutated strain in the... Oh, in fine. England, whatever that means. Is that the one with all the minks? I heard about they had to like do a big... I don't know uh, if it's linked to the mink. Or that the, the, uh, that um, the minks were able to catch it in somewhere and they had to execute a bunch of them or euthanize yeah. them. That's that's the better word. Euthanize like a ton of, of, a, of like a mink farm because, um, the, you know, if it can spread to humans or I mean from humans to minks, it can probably spread back. Mm -hmm. I, I think it was the logic. I don't know. I, what the I, fuck do they use minks for these days? Well, um, you know. I mean, PETA stopped people from wearing fur. The they have part. not stopped people. <laughs> yeah. And may, I mean, maybe in like L.A., but like there's I mean, a lot I've got of, a mink on my shelf here, so I've got no qualms about it. Yeah, but there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of places in the world where uh, people still like the real thing. Mm. I mean, I wouldn't mind having a big jacket made of mink. Come I mean, at me, Peta. I mean, if they were all, if they all died, you know, humane, humanely, and then yeah. you just happened to use their the parts of their yeah. their body, I don't see I don't see anything wrong with that. I don't want to like gas a bunch of healthy minks mm -hmm. to, to make make a jacket out of. But um, I'm also really really cheap, so that's probably not not in my price yeah. range. But sleeping bag made out of, made out of that would be. Dope. Oh man, yeah. I've yeah. I've been having trouble sleeping lately, so that just sounds delightful. Dude, I put a. That air filter I had out here, I put it in my bedroom. I've been sleeping way better, actually. I think I need to clean my bathroom is what it really yeah. is. Because my ba my bedroom and bathroom are linked, so ah. I, think, I think I'm getting a lot of... Uh, Spores. Yeah, because, you know, it's been, it's been, a, it's been a, a minute. I did, a, I did a good clean right around beginning of quarantine, so it's, mm -hmm. I'm due for one. So it's, that'll probably be... I'm, I'm off for Christmas, so, I'll, you know, I'll probably do it that weekend. This weekend coming up. Dude, I cleaned like crazy at the start of this quarantine. Rearranged, built some shelving, uh, planted a bunch of plants. And had I owned a house at the start of this, I would have built a whole addition. Straight up. Just not even had a guy come approve it. Like whoever is in charge of like, that's up to code. Wouldn't have even had that guy come by. Just I would have started throwing up two by fours, built an addition. But, uh, yeah, so cases are rising. We're at 25-ish percent infection rate. I don't know quite what that means. I first thought it meant that one in every four people are infected. But uh, then I was, like, reading from somebody online that that means actually that that means 25% of all people that come across the virus get infected right yeah and I've, ha I've had other people tell me that like oh it's less than one percent but like my, listen and this is my, what i gotta say to people who are still trying to act like it's not as big a deal or like it's being blown out of proportion clearly we're doing something wrong so take your fucking opinions about how bad it is and put them like right in your ass yeah because yeah uh, we like, I think if, if there's any evidence of who's like you say, like, oh, it's not as bad as, is what they say on a global scale. Cause most other countries managed to get it somewhat under control. Mm -hmm. Uh, if you live in Tennessee and you're trying to tell me that, that it's not as bad as they say, 
Um, like, well, yeah. I saw it on Facebook. Fuck you. Yeah, put it, put, put those, take those words you just said and wrap them in a nice, neat little ball. Put them right in your ass because that's where they belong. I don't. I'm tired of it. I, I mean, I, you know, I've been, I've been, you know, my patience. Uh, really, I snapped, and I think if, 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 because I think we were doing the show before this happened, probably right before. But I was, I was pretty like just ch- chill. I knew there was, you know, stupid people out there, but I was mostly just chilling and just letting it ride out. And then the Woodward tapes came, and that's immediately when my chill got broke. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I developed a strong case of Trump derangement syndrome, and I, I said, fuck that guy. He doesn't deserve power. I don't care. Yes, I get Biden might be worse in some ways. Let's fucking – it's fine. <laughs> like, I, let's, let's, let's just punish those people, like, the, who, who made this thing happen. Because, like, the thing about, like, politics, they've always been more of, like, a like sort of a – a, you know, a threat in the background, like, oh, they're going to take your guns away at some point, and it never happens, you know, it's always been this thing that you have to kind of worry about, but mostly you don't worry about, and then what COVID did was make politics real personal, and uh, I, uh, so at this point, I just got, I have no patience for, for any, Dude, any- I, I, okay, I've said it on here before, I, something blew my mind today, I was at Walmart, I had to pick up a couple groceries and some beer, and Everybody in there was wearing a mask. It was fine. And generally, when you see somebody not wearing a mask, they've got on a tap-out shirt or a camouflage hat. It's a type. Or a, or a Make America Great Again shirt or hat. Uh, yeah, there's a very definitive type of person. Or a Harley Davidson t-shirt. A very specific look. You all know who I'm talking about. It's a, a lot of low facts people. Yeah. And today I saw a lady. She was our age, somewhere in between. You're a couple years older than me. She was somewhere in our ballpark. Pretty lady. Looked intelligent. Wasn't any of these sorts of people. She had on like a nice like cardigan sweater. Wearing those Han Solo Jedi boots that ladies wear. Right. No mask, not even like around her chin. It wasn't like in her hand or sticking out of her. Like it looked like there was no mask on her that she walked in there and just no care in the world. And it, it perplexed me because it wasn't the usual, like more like pandemic. It wasn't one of those guys. Well, that's, so that's typical of what I see in the wild, but online, the biggest offenders have definitely been like the woo girls, the lady it's ladies mm. night. We're going to hit the bar tonight. Like it's like, you know, I'd say like middle upper class girls, yeah. uh, probably, you know, traditional values. I'll, I'll, that's mm-hmm. the nice way of putting it. Um, a lot of, a lot of those types seem to also be very like, I will say, yeah, I forget about that, but yeah, the woo girls, but I don't for see sure. it, I, but I don't, I, you know, I, I, I stay out of like, I don't go to any of like the upper class restaurants mm-hmm. really lately. So, like, I don't, uh, you know, I mean, sometimes I'll hit Main Street, but, like, not really late, not mm-hmm. in a while. Um, uh, speaking of which, I did find, um, oh, God, I can't remember that. I want to say it's just us, but there's a couple that are, like, pretty famous, like, travel bloggers on YouTube mm-hmm. that have just relocated to Chattanooga. And so they've done their past, like, three or two or three episodes about Chattanooga. I saw one or two of those pop up and in my shit. I was wondering what I watched, those were. I watched one of them and I commented and was nice about it, but they're, t- you know, it's just like, 
I, they, they seem like very nice people. I hope they love the town. But, man, those people, like, all I'll say is this. <laughs> they're going to fit right in. They're going to fit right into this town. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna have a great time. Not, well, in what way, though? I don't take, because us doing this and, like, comedy scene and, like, this podcast and brew chat, I feel fits in a, a darker nugget yeah, Chattanooga. No, right. No, no, no. They're definitely like the, you know, their, their main attraction was again, like main street yeah. and a lot of all the touristy spots and stuff. But you know, they both were wearing like, um, North, I, I don't want to say, no, Patagonia. <laughs> um, and it's like very, very well. So it's what, it's what the tourism board wants you to think Chattanooga is. It was very much that. And I was like, they're going to do great. They're going to do great here. I'm happy for him. I did. I did throw out some of the the seediers. I was like, go check out the, uh, you know, especially once things open back up. You gotta hit, you gotta see JJ's when JJ's can be JJ's. Uh, you gotta go eat at like uh, Uncle Larry's. You yeah. gotta eat at Champy's, which Champy's is still kind of you know. Yeah. But still, it's still you know. Uh, but apparently, a lot of people have been telling him to try Uncle Larry's, so that makes me happy. Um, you know, because I think that like, I think that you know. That's a that side of Chattanooga is an important part of the the, the culture mm-hmm. here, and it sucks that that's probably being the hardest hit right now. You mm-hmm. know, like again, my fear is that as much as like you know, I, I'm a hypocrite because I say like, oh, I, I you know, I want there to be a JJ's after this. I'm not I'm not doing much to support them now. I wish they had like a gift card system. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd well, even that though, it's like if you want to buy a gift card, just go give them money. Right. If they go out of business, that gift card's going to be worthless anyway. Right. Right. So. But it's, yeah, it's just, I feel like it's... Maybe it's, a tab system. Be like, hey, I'm going to give you guys 200 bucks. Hey, And when this, when you guys reopen... I'm, I'm, I'm dead even with them now, but it's, it's, I have had a notoriously bad tab at mm. JJ's before as, as much as they've been kind to me. I'm also, like, friends with John, so I'm not saying that, like, yeah, just go in there and drink to your heart's content and mm. Pay him whatever you want. I was kind of the wimpy for a while, and I definitely was like, oh, I'm going to come drink tonight. But also I'd hit, like, real bad times, and they, you know, took care of me. And they were like, look, you're, you're a regular here. And, and that's, that's, again, why places like that are important. But, that, you know, if anybody owes them anything, I, I need to, like, especially, like, when, since we are, I, I know I'm jumping ahead, but since we are apparently getting checks again, I, I may send some of that their way. Yeah, which, yeah, I want to, We'll cover that later on, but because that's like breaking news. That happened today. We're recording this a day late because I had a little bit of the squirts on our normal recording day. And uh, so we're recording this a, a day later than usual. But um, welcome to your 30s, bud. Yeah. Yeah. That's just how <laughs> it is some days. And, uh, and then running a beer show and drinking yeah. weird lactose IPAs and shit. But uh, yeah, so COVID's pretty bad in Tennessee right now. Bill Lee, our governor, piece of shit. Yeah, he's been our a, resident piece of shit and idiot resident. Yeah, he's been a real, real, real asshole through this whole process. Yeah, and his, I mean, it seems less evident to people that are Republican, even if they don't like Trump and they're not on that whole train and they're, they're just Republican. They don't be, they're not able to see what I see with all of these Republican mayors and governors and all that that aren't willing to put in a mask mandate because at the end of the day, their constituency are these idiots in the Harley-Davidson and tap-out shirts and they want to get reelected. And since they're in a state that they perceive as majority of these tap-out shirt fuck faces, then 
they're like, well, no, I'm not going to tell them to wear a mask because they think that's infringing on their freedom and I'm not going to be that guy, regardless if that would actually help or not. And those people just seem to refuse to see any of that. Well, they're looking at people like Bill Lee for leadership. And so when, you know, Bill Lee's like, you know, I mean, like, you know, this, I'm saying Bill Lee a lot. When, when these politicians, uh, you know, they, they say like, well, we want to appeal to our base. They don't realize that also the base is take, following your lead. Like, yeah. I mean, if, if Trump came out day one and was like, listen, it's going to be a big deal. Everybody go out, get your masks. We're going to be selling. Like, you know, later on he had the Make America Great Again masks. If he had done that from mm-hmm. the start. Yeah. If he had just done that from the start, yeah. he could have said, we're selling masks out of the White House gift shop. You, know, you can order them online. You can get them anywhere. Uh, if that was the case and he had supported it and, like, made it a, made it a patriot. Look, you got to do your patriotic duty right now. A lot of these people who say, I ain't no pussy, I'm not going to wear a mask, you know, mm-hmm. they, they would be probably doing it because they don't, that's what everyone else is doing and herd mentality. You know, we're, we're, all, we're all pack creatures, you know, mm-hmm. so we, we, we follow crowds instinctually. So I think, it, you know, the more, like, the more, like, I kind of like, you know, when it first started, there wasn't a lot of info out yet. I wasn't really wearing a mask out in public, but I was also not really going out into public that much. And, uh, I remember the first time I saw someone wearing a mask before, like, the lockdown had really hit and the word was starting to spread. It was a little bit jarring. It was a little bit of culture shock. Uh, But once it became the norm and, you know, you didn't want to be the only guy out in the store without a mask unless you're just a dickhead. And, like, that's part of what gives you validation is, like, yeah, I'm not a sheep like these idiots. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, But... I feel like that uh, is though. They walk around with this air, like they know something nobody else knows, and it's like, well, you don't know how to read, fuckface, right? Because there's a sign on the door. Well, you know, but again, like you know, you got Bill Wee's, Bill Bill Wee's, Bill Lee's wife, uh, you know, tested positive. Yeah. Um, numerous people throughout the Trump administration have tested positive. Trump himself have tested positive. Uh, Herman Cain died. Um, so you've got all these different like right-wing figures who are catching it and spreading it around. How often do you hear about that on the left? The, the wussies who wear masks and who talk about safe social distancing. And yeah, I know Pelosi's a, a hypocrite. I'm not. Well, and even like Gavin Newsom's horseshit of him telling people to lock down and him going to that restaurant. You yeah. still don't, I mean, fuck him for doing that. Right. But he was right to say it, and then his actions were wrong. His yeah. actions don't invalidate his words. His words, he was saying the right thing and then going off and doing whatever the fuck he wanted. And allegedly, he said, I don't know if this is true or not, but basically what happened is the governor of California was like, no, we got to lock down, can't do shit. And then he was found at a uh, Napa Valley restaurant like the next day with a big group of people celebrating a birthday. Allegedly, he said which I think that's a shitty thing to do, period. But allegedly, he said they had all been tested, and so they were, like, in a bubble or whatever. Even still, it's bad fucking optics. Yeah. And it's like, you should have had enough mind, like, awareness, dude, to realize, like, okay, even if this is 100% safe and y'all have taken the precautions, it still just looks bad, dude. And you've, you've got a state of where people are starving and homeless and you're going to this fancy fucking restaurant in a time where not everybody can do this. It just looks bad. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it goes back to the general failure of government during this whole process. Yeah. I mean, it really shines a light on, on uh, you know, how we're not 
the great shining beacon of a country. We at least we, we not anymore that we may have once been, but we certainly aren't what we try to purport ourselves mm-hmm. as. This whole, I mean, make America great again kind of rings true in a way because we're certainly not great now. Whether we ever were is arguable, and I'm not I'm not here to make that debate. Uh, but what I am saying is that we certainly aren't there now. Four years of Trump didn't get us there. Uh, Would have eight? I don't think so. Um, based on how he acted during this shit, who knows what's going to happen in the next four years. Um, is Biden going to do it? Probably not. Um, but there's hope. You've got people like um, like Bernie Sanders, who mm. I have, have been very critical of on this show. I've been very critical. Uh, but he and um, – oh, I, I forget his name. Hawley is his last name. I, I can't remember his first name, but he's a Republican. He and Bernie got together, and they were the mm-hmm. two who were like – Yo, fuck your uh, fuck your holiday break. We want a twelve hundred dollars stimulus for everybody, and uh, they that that was taken. Those two guys were able to use their leverage in such a way that even though we're getting six hundred on this next stimulus, um, that's a compromise that wasn't even going to happen at all without them saying like, "No, you got to do something." Yeah, it was not on the table. Like, yeah, it's been on the table since August. But it's like they just kept scooting it further to the end of the table. And it was a week and a half ago. It was like, yeah, we're fucked. Yeah. Come the end of the year, eviction moratoriums go up. Unemployment goes down or people getting unemployment. They can't get it anymore. And uh, yeah, we're fucked. And that's a great example of them reaching across the aisle and using their political muscle and leveraging some shit. And it actually made me wonder... um, which we're jumping a little ahead here, but it's fine. Um, it actually made me wonder if this is something we'll see more of in the future because the main base of the liberal and Republican parties have become so extreme and so stubborn to work with that we're going to see what is effectively sort of a third party of people that on both sides that do actually want to get shit done just over here in their own little stew. Well, they're just like... And like what's, While but, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and fucking Mitch McConnell and all them, while they quarrel, you've got these people over on the side trying to reach across the aisle and actually do shit. Well, it's infuriating that it came down to their holiday vacation. Mm-hmm. It was, hey, we're going to not vote on this government funding bill unless you include the, you know, the stimulus in that. And, like, and, and if we don't vote on it, that means you don't get to go home for the holidays and you have to work like and ultimately that's where they managed to find the money somehow yeah, like magically just, just over that so it's like that's like you know what fuck you people but like again the fact that like bernie was able to leverage his position and get something done i i, I will say like that to me uh, you know i know a lot of people have been big fans of bernie for a long time and i've had my criticisms again on this show that to me was the real test of character. I th- he won me over in a big way. Yeah, it's it kind of sucks now. He's too old. He probably won't run for president again. But mm. uh, to me, like that showed that like shit, man. He he actually does care and he is a good mm-hmm. guy. So like I th- you know again I still have some issue with some of his policies and I, I always will. But like I, I think that like I don't think any of his policies are there out of malice. I think that that really proved that he is there for the people. And and so like again, bit you know. I've been I, I've been one of his biggest critics for a long time, um, so I'm, I'm I'm this is me walking a lot of that stuff I've said back. Is Dude, same man. I 100 percent agree with you on all of that. 
is to me, it's Bernie stepping up and like, I mean, like, oh, fuck, you're not just this kind of little sidestep well, pussy, bro. Like, well, he's a career politician, yeah. and I always yeah. don't have, but have he trust does seem to care. And, right. and whether I agree or not, I would rather have politicians in there that genuinely fucking care that I disagree with than politicians in there that are just saying whatever they're going to say, which is sadly the majority these days. Well, that's the, that, what, what, what that tells me is that I know his heart's in the right place. So even if he does back a bad thing, he, 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 I, I think he would own it and walk it back. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, that's, to me, that's important. And you don't see that a lot. You see a lot of, no, I was, I got to stick to whatever I said I was right about. I have to stick to that because I don't want to admit that I was ever wrong mm-hmm. because that looks bad on my record when I'm going for re-election. And I think that now, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm a little gassy. Same, <laughs> yeah. I think that, uh, that now, um, you know, I mean, the fact that the, the 600, it sucks to say it's probably... Well, it's fucking peanuts, first of all. Yeah, and it's probably the last bit we're going to get because now that the, the, the uh, vaccines are rolling out, um, we're, and then like, especially like it's numbers are looking good as far as like n- adverse reactions to it. I think they said six people, what I read on Twitter and this against Twitter, but I mean, it, it seemed like a reputable enough source, but it's, I think it was six people had really bad allergic reactions after like 250,000 were tested. Well, there was that lady here that passed out right after. Right. Yeah. But that, but apparently that had nothing to, that was just, I mean, yeah, that yeah. could just be needle shot. Well, like don't. Don't go read what the anti-vaxxers are posting about it. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, of course they're going to spin it and say that she had a condition. You know, just fuck off. I really want to get one of those people on the show, but I'm afraid that it would be very toxic. Well, so, like, the problem is is that, like, okay, I'd like to get someone like that to have a conversation with, but they have to be well-researched, and they yeah. have to have a very good argument. The problem is that anyone who's well researched doesn't follow that shit yeah. because they're well researched. So it's like you're, you know, at some point you're going to hit a wall, and like that's kind of where I get the whole argument where people say that like they don't they don't appreciate how Joe Rogan gives certain people a platform because, you know, because I've I, I run into it too. Like you you get into certain debates with certain people, and there just comes a point where you hit a wall, and you know that like doesn't matter what I show you, mm-hmm. you're not gonna like. I mean. I think a lot of people probably can relate to this, but like, you know, the whole, like it's kind of this one thing that this year's done is like, I've always kind of held an illusion of um, having a degree of belief left in religion to my, my mom. And and this year I've kind of come, I've come out of the closet, so to speak. Mm. And uh, for you on that. Yeah. And so she knows where I stand. I don't, I don't dis. I'm not one of those snooty who like, you know, kids who disrespects or I, you know, I, I don't sit and tell her, berate her and tell her she's wrong, but I do say, like, there's reasons why I believe the way I believe. Um, and, you know, it, but it's it's a wall. You know, I'm never, I'm never going to convince her otherwise. She's going to believe what she believes. And, and, you know, that's that's fine. I'm fine with that because, you know, like, we're all mortal. She's, uh, it, it, I don't like, I'm not happy about it, but there's going to be a day where she's not walking this earth anymore. And, you know, she'll take, She'll take the good with her that she has along with the bad with her that she has. Mm-hmm. And she put me in the world, and I'm, uh, I feel like I'm a little bit step further in the direction. I think that, of course, I'm, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm a narcissist, so I think that I'm right about everything. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, um, 
I at least think that like she she had a lot of good to her. You know, some like again, she holds on to some old ideas, which a lot of people her age do. But she put me in the world, and I'm now carrying that a little bit further. And then when I have kids, they're going to be a direct response mm-hmm. to the person I am. Well, when I'm 37, if let's it's a big if at this point. <laughs> um, but like, but but what I'm saying though is that like you know, I'm not mad at her, uh, but. I do have, you know, it's just, it's just kind of a, a thing that like you're just with some people, you're not going to reach them. And that's, that's what I worry about the same, like when you, when you start getting into these conversations with flat earth people or anti-vax well, people. Well, a lot of those, I don't even care if I fucking offend them because it's like they need to be better read on things. I would love to get one on and talk to them, but I feel like the type of person that's anti-vax and to, to be honest i don't meet i meet a lot more and hear from a lot more females that are anti-vax than males which i just realized but they also tend to be this like holier than thou hippie sort of person mm-hmm. and the minute you start to try to produce a counterpoint against what they're saying. They're like, well, you just don't understand and you need to read up on it because, and they get defensive about it. And you're not, like well, you said, you're hitting a wall and you're not gonna. So, and I don't, I, I don't want to be misogynistic because I will go ahead and say, I know probably if I took all the females I know and put them in a big pile, I'd say most of them are far more competent and capable mm-hmm. human beings than I am. So I'm just going to get that out before I make my next comments. But I did already say the thing about how online the worst offenders do seem to be the woo girls, the mm-hmm. ladies who go out and want to have drinks with the ladies. Yeah, we're going to go celebrate something for some reason. And uh, you got those, um, like you just talked about, anti-vax seems to be heavily in the female community. Mm-hmm. Also... MLMs. I was about to say MLMs, yeah. And I feel like anti-vax and MLMs are Those kind of are, the same yeah. things. And I think that kind of mindset and that general sort of uh, spirituality, vague spirituality without any real, like, you know, doctrine behind it. Um, not, again, I just shit on religion, so I'm not going to even justify that doctrine's good. But, but I'm just saying, like, that vague spirituality, I think, also leads to the idea that if we just will positivity, we can go out into public without masks and... Mm. I'm not saying women are stupid. Again, more women that I know are smarter than me. So it's not... It's just, we're all people. But I am observing... And some people can be dumb about some Women are a little more confident. The the ones that are dumb are a little more confident in their... Well, I don't don't even know that's true. Because, again, we were talking about the Harley Davidson uh, Monster Energy Drink bros. Yeah. Uh, You know, which really, I don't... that's a, that's a rough characterization I'm making here. Which, yeah, as far as the I don't guys, pull, like, no, I, let's generalize people. <laughs> let's, uh, the dudes I see that are specifically the non-mask wearing ones is you've got the redneck guys. You know, they wake up and go fishing or hunting on a Saturday morning. That's their escape. You know, they, they've got some really solid, honorable job, like they're an electrician or something or they're a welder or something. Good job. And a good, honest, honest working person. But because their political beliefs, they tend to uh, skew a little to non-mask wearing. Right. And then, but I, w- I would argue that their motive for non-mask wearing is a little different than the tap out Harley Davidson shirt wearing bros. 
because I would say, you know, the standard just Trump supporting welder or electrician or whatever he does. He's only doing it because he's like, well, I don't have any facts on this. But my president's not wearing a mask. Right. So I'm not going to wear a mask. Well, uh, have you ever heard of a little band called Five Finger Death Punch? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, you probably have run into guys wearing Five Finger Death Punch yeah, shirts. Yeah. And they probably fit into one of the groups that we've discussed. I don't know if you, we, we probably can't play the audio and the audio doesn't even get the point across but you need to look up the last music video they put out mm. um we could probably do a whole episode just on that because, okay oh man it is it's a propaganda piece it's like you got an obvious nancy pelosi figure she's wearing a mask the mask has the um hammer and sickle on it <laughs> like it is they're they're appealing to a demographic, and yeah. that's 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 all I'm gonna say about that. Uh, but yeah, that's but that but the point is you've got major media put mm -hmm. you know they're they're a they're a pretty huge band. They put out a music video. A lot of people are gonna watch that. Uh, that's out in the world now, and you can't walk that back. Like I mean, you can't you can say later like oh it was stupid I wrote that down and sang it, but like they're not gonna do that. Well, it's yeah like what I was gonna say is. I mean, yeah, I don't know if the redneck guys would be watching that, but the tap out sort of bros would definitely be watching something like that. But like I was going to say is I think their motives for not wearing masks is different where the tap out bros, it, it to them, it's an infringement on their manhood. Oh yeah. And you can tell, like I saw a dude the other day, he's specifically, he was wearing a tap out shirt. Like. That's why it's fresh in your mind. Yeah. He had like some tribal tat. He was too tough to wear a mask. He's too tough for the virus. That virus can't get him. He's too fucking tough for it. And uh, can't get through his muscles. But at the same time, you could tell his masculinity is so goddamn fragile that if you said a single thing to him, he's going to throw you foot through a fucking wall. Well, I and mean... it's like, come on, dude. You know, I mean... I can't remember who I was having this conversation with. It may have even been on this show, like, in previous weeks, but... Uh, I, was, I, I want to say not because I think there was a lady present in the conversation. Like, well, how important is a guy's penis size to him actually? I'm like, well, Hitler had a tiny dick. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like, you know, you got guys who... the word of it, Trump's got a tiny dick. Yeah, no, yeah. you got guys who have... To, I feel like the harder a dude has to flex, it's because he knows that ultimately the end of the night is going to be a letdown. Yeah. And so it's like I got to prop myself up mm -hmm. as much as I can early on because... And it's it's a classic like guy who drives like a nice car yeah. thing, it's, yeah. but it's the same same exact mentality. It's the I have to be as front presenting because there's nothing behind it at all. Whereas me, I got an awesome dick, ladies, and <laughs> but like everything else is a piece of shit. Like I'm I'm a, I'm out of shape. I've got smoke. I'm not a good I'm not a good person. Really, that should have been the title of this show: Two Great Dicks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell me about it. I could t Listen, you want to hear me talk about my dick, just come see my act when it opens back up, because that's, that's all it is, uh, ladies and gentlemen. It's, it's just my... Uh, I'm not going to even say, like... I, the, I, I'll, I'll probably get, like... On a good night, I'll get 10 minutes, and it'll all be dick jokes, and it'll be great. But, uh, yeah, the, no, it's... Um, no, you're right, though. Like, guys... Through my entire life, I hit puberty late, so I was a small kid, like, for a while, and while everybody else is turning into 
fucking men. Right. You, you see, know, you see guys out there fucking shredding their bodies, working, pushing every yeah. day to build these awesome bodies. Those guys are scared of their little dicks. Me, I have enough confidence to get fat because yeah. I have a big dick. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's just all my life. I've seen dudes that generally a dude, just dudes that are assholes. They've got some reason they're compensating and it's like, yeah, it's generally gets narrowed down to that. But now that's bled into the, um, the pandemic because that's now fucking political because our, I was gonna say for some reason, but we know why, because our, Again, it's that whole disconnect, the president thinking, like, I have to appeal to people, whereas, no, people are following your lead. Be a leader, goddammit. Make a stand. You know, fucking don't, don't fucking buckle because you think that, oh, they won't like me anymore. Like, look how, well, you didn't, you didn't win, did you, buddy? That strategy sure did fail you. Dude, I heard a hilarious, I can't remember where I heard this, it was on a podcast, but I thought it was so fucking funny, it's like a, a hypothetical, and so Trump's out, it looks like Gavin Newsom's out as the governor of California, what if Trump runs for governor in California and wins? Well, because <laughs> everybody hates Gavin Newsom because the way he's handled the lockdown. <laughs> They can have him, man. I, yeah. You know, it, it, that'd be, that actually, I'd be fine that, with that. That would be hilarious. It would I be mean, so funny. You know, I, I, it used to be, I don't know if it still is, but it used to be that if you said if you took the whole economy of California, it would be one of the richest countries, like, right mm-hmm. off the bat. Uh, but I know that a lot of the, the industry that's in California, like the entertainment especially, has been moving to places like Atlanta and, and out of that. So, I mean. One of their I, wealth disparities. Yeah. Insane. And I think, I think Trump setting up shop there would, would be the, the end of that, like, for sure. Yeah. Because you'd, you'd see a leftist exodus. <laughs> no, people are living... That's something I'm really excited to see. I don't hate corona for... I mean, obviously, like, if I could find a way to magically wish away corona, I would. I miss, like, seeing friends. I miss going out and doing stuff. But I don't hate it for the fact that it might kill some businesses. It might be kind of rough for the next couple of years. Not just, just even as a consumer, just because like, man, you remember when we used to go down and hit that strip right there? That was fun. Like all those bars closed or whatever. Like that, that part's going to suck, but what's going to come after that, that little Renaissance that'll happen, I think will be pretty great. And that juice will be worth the squeeze because a, you are going to have some businesses that survive somehow. Like, they just stick around like a cockroach. I think JJ's may be one of those people. And God bless him, I love that place. But I think, I think they'll survive. And uh, so you'll have those people. And then you'll have new businesses cropping up where the others didn't survive. And it's also, on a larger scale, you're going to have that going on nationwide where you've had a lot of people leave California because they're crazy shit. And then with businesses being forced, like uh, Blue Cross here, I think it's like three quarters of their staff. They're like, nah, we're going to work from home forever. Yeah. Right after they built this giant campus downtown, we're going to work from home forever now. And I think there's like about 25% of the company that's still like, oh, we need you to come in like one day a week, but we'll alternate and whatever. And um, with that in mind, like if I had a sweet, cushy job that I could do 100% from a computer, I wouldn't. 
fucking move out of here, start traveling the country. And then if not that, you've got people that are going to move to, I don't know, you've got a job you work for that's out of San Francisco, but you work 100% remote. Why wouldn't you move to the country? Like get a nice lake house somewhere where you can get three times the house that you could in San Francisco. Right. And move to the country, work from there remotely. And I think it's going to change a bunch of shit for the better and balance things out a little bit because I've always thought it was weird that like all the big cities are liberal. The middle of nowhere places tend to be Republican. And then you've got some states that just are Republican, even though there may not be huge cities there. I've all, Coastal cities tend to be Democratic and then towards the middle. And I, I've always thought that was weird. Like, well, it's because uh, the more people that you interact with and uh, the more different kinds of people you see in any kind of given uh, given period of time, you develop a sense of empathy. Like, yeah, I, uh, I was pretty narrow-minded about a lot of different kinds of people until I started touring. Mm-hmm. And then once I saw the country and, like, met people from different places, mm-hmm. um, that really sort of... It opened my mind to the idea that, like, there's not a way that things have to be, and there's not, like, there's not a neat little box you can just put people in and say, like, you're this kind of person. You're always mm-hmm. like, oh, there's there's as many different kinds of people as there are people, really. Yeah. Like, if you really want to be, be, be like that about it. Because, you know, I mean, that's why I don't understand, like, the, the, like, things like racial, you know, pride, because it's like, you know, like, oh, they're trying to erase us white people. I'm like, I don't care. I'm already here. Like, <laughs> like... I don't care if I'm the last white person. That doesn't hurt my feelings. Uh, you know, I, I've i met really awesome white people, and I've met really shitty white people, and I'm sure that's true across the whole spectrum. I'm not going to specifically say I've met shitty people of other races because that'll get me in trouble, but I'm just... Well, I, I'll, yeah, I'll say it. I've met shitty people on all spectrums of the racial rainbow. But, yeah, well... well and I, it, yeah. yeah. What, I, what, I've, what I can say that about white people applies across the board. There's good and bad all over the place, you can't just def- draw those lines and, and put people in those boxes. And I think that's what living in more populated, er- populated areas teaches you. Uh, whereas when you live more in a more secluded area, A, you're less likely to travel outside of your hometown and gain those experiences through other means. And then also, um, you know, th- you, you, you know, it's, it's like anything. When you're, when you're isolated and you, and you hear about all these things happening outside of your little pocket... What do you do? You develop folklore. You develop like mm-hmm. stories. You and your friends talk about that's what the, you know. I went into town the other day and I, there was a Muslim in there and boy, you know, it's like, so it's like, well, yeah, but do you know like Muslim? Like he stared me down with his jihad vision. Right, right. Felt it. <laughs> and so it's like, do you know people? Like, have you met people like that? Like, and actually know them on a personal level, or did you just see a different colored person and start drawing a bunch of conclusions? You know, if you live in a small town, it's easier to do that unchecked, you know, whereas if you live in a bigger city, you're going to have more interactions with people. I mean, like, even as small of a thing as, as making the jump, and, and, you know, again, I wasn't like, it wasn't some big revelation for me, but, you know, I went to, I went, I grew up in like the Red Bank, and which wasn't too bad, but then Saudi, which, you know, Saudi wasn't, Saudi wasn't as white as I thought it was going to be, but it was, it's still pretty white, um, that's where I went to high school and I lived in that area for a long time. And then I moved to East Ridge, which is a more diverse neighborhood. And even that jump is enough to make me like, you know, I think a lot of my past experiences made me take that, that shift really well, but it's very much a, you know, 
I don't know. I'm, I'm going on a tear here about like why I why I think cities are, are are more blue, and it's because again empathy. I think you, yeah, you, uh, you. The more people you see, the more you learn. Like, oh shit, like they're they have a right to be here too, and it's none of my business. Mm-hmm. No, I think I'd, yeah, you're dead probably dead on with that because I don't know. I, I think that's something like I was saying. That lends credence to my point is that as these people working in tech and big business, I mean, even somebody that does like most people think of somebody that works like for a stockbroking firm or something, they imagine them of what you see running around like clanging numbers and yelling on the floor and throwing papers everywhere. But generally you're just crunching numbers on spreadsheets and shit and then punching in your, I mean, I don't really know shit about stock brokering at all, but I imagine it's not some job that's super exciting where you're having to run around. It's something you're, these days you're probably behind a computer most days, right. which you could do on a boat or wherever. You, know, you don't need to be in New York to do that. And I mean, at a certain level, I'm sure you do, but if you're just like a mid-tier guy, fucking live in Ohio. Well, you need, you need, you do need like I, I, I have a good, a good work from home job. Although I'm sure, like once the or accounting, there, that's a better example. Yeah, I do IT support, which is essentially you, you, are, I am behind a computer, mm-hmm. um, but I'm, I'm making calls out. Um, I could, you know, I, I've been working from home since kind of before all this started because uh, we had a policy with overtime. I just was picking up a ton of overtime. So they're like, Hey, if you're going to be here past when we lock the doors, just work the whole day from home. Mm. It's easier that way. So I'd gotten into the habit of that anyway. And then the, the, the quarantine hits and I'm like, all right, well, I'll, I'll just keep doing my thing then. Um, and then now it's like, there's no indefinite return back. Although I work for a smaller company. I'm not going to say who they are, but I work for a smaller company and I, they are eager to get us back in the office. Um, they're a very conservative company. So, uh, that's again why I'm not mentioning it, <laughs> but uh, they uh, they they've been wa- you know they've been wanting to get us back in like in they wanted us to come back in June and then luckily they're I will say like they're conservative but they are intelligent people yeah and so that they they didn't make us and now there's no end cap on it but now that the vaccines are rolling out I bet like that's like oh you got your vaccine come on back to the office mm. so that that'll be something I'll be dealing with soon but. <coughs> I could work from anywhere as long as I take my laptop with me and have reliable internet. And that's why I couldn't move out into the country necessarily because mm-hmm. they do have not the best internet out there yeah. yet. Like it's, it's, in but, it, but even that, like not even moving like out to the country though, just moving someplace like Cleveland. Yeah. Or like Saudi yeah. even like I could go to Saudi. That wouldn't be a problem. And I think the ability to do that, I don't have any real statistics on it, but I'm sure the number of people living in and around the San Francisco area, you know, Oakland, San Rafael, all that, dealing with that traffic every day, dealing with a hour-long commute just via the MARTA or whatever it is they have out there, and just, or BART, I think, whatever their municipal transit is, having to deal with the subway and buses and all that, spending an hour doing that every day. Are you telling me like, if you gave them the option, they're not going to move to like somewhere a little smaller, like Chattanooga right. or somewhere. And I, and what that's going to do is when enough people start sprawling like that, you're going to see that blend. It's going to turn purple. You're not going to see 
red states and blue states. It's it's going to be a blend just because, especially as they start having kids and then that empathy starts kicking in. Yep. You're like, you know, I'd never met a gay man, but he's gay and Asian. Right. He's my neighbor. I love him to death. He helped me weed eat the, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. No, you'll see that. Um, and also uh, another side effect is the fact that, like, there has been talk of, hey, you know, this idea of coastal elites and the fact that all these major cities are big blue hubs. And, it, and on a map, it looks like you've got these small areas controlling most of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, what if we disperse that out and, like, get rid of the Republican stranglehold they have on the, the mm-hmm. you know, what if what if we strategically move and, and populate these areas and and decide to plant roots in places that are traditionally red and we start mm-hmm. having more of a blue presence. That That is a discussion I've seen around as well. So it's, it's um, you know, I think this, excuse me, I get, it's still gassy. Um, I think I think that, that, you know, this move to, uh, to like, remote working is, is going to further push that along, too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, this, I know this is going to scare any conservative libertarians who might be listening to death. Um, which, by the way, and I haven't mentioned this to you yet, but this is something I want to say. Apparently, we have listeners out there. Uh, hey, everybody. I, I think it'd be cool to get some feedback from people. Maybe we should yeah. put like an email address out there or something. Uh, yeah, we maybe should create an email address just for the show. Uh, in the meantime, though, just go to the bottom of the Brewchat website and there's a contact form. Yeah. So send it there for now and uh, until we get an email address up. But because I want to yeah. know it, what like if people are listening, like what they're like if they're cussing at us the whole time. Like I want to know that. Yeah, they're coming back for some reason. Yeah. So like. If you think I'm full of shit, tell me. And I, I mean, yeah. I, there, there'll be a point where I, it, it gets so demoralizing. I will stop looking, but I'll look at first. I'll peek. I'll be like, "What did he say?" Yeah. Uh, but uh, um, no, I think that uh, I forgot the point I was making. God damn it! Sorry. <laughs> no, uh, just fucking COVID. I'm excited to see what COVID, what the post-COVID world five six years from now is like. Once we've recovered and we're moving on, is like. And I, I use the term recover loosely. I don't even know what recover looks like at this point well, because some stuff will not recover, but I'm excited to see what five years from now looks like well, of where we've had this sprawl happen. We've had some businesses close, some businesses re- or open in their place, and then some businesses shut down. Maybe they're like, okay, we can reopen again now. You know, like say somebody had a bakery and that was forced to shut down. They're like, okay, we finally like resolved our capital. Like, let's try this again. Right. You know, um, I remember what I was going to say, and this ties into what you were just saying. Um, it's it's going to be interesting to see the generations that come mm-hmm. up from this because typically, like, the concept of conservatism is going out the window. Like, it's mm-hmm. I know there's still young conservatives, but they're they're more and more and more minority every generation. The youth are very, very far left and, and moving more so every time. So, I mean, like, you can either fight the tide or you can get on the boat, like, as far as I'm concerned. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of explains my change of mindset over the past couple of years. But I think that, like, seeing how the kids who grew up during this time, who are old enough to remember it, how that's going to affect them going forward. Dude, the kids right now that... Because, okay, let's say... I'm suspecting things are going to start getting back to normal late summer. Let's say it does. So we're looking at about a year and a half-ish, that year and a half, two years we've dealt with this. 
I'm not even talking about that year and a half, two years. It's going to take four to five years for us to truly start and like really recover from this. And the kids that were in like 10th, 11th grade and early college, like those are such form like forming years of you as a person and who you're going to be for the rest of your life. So what you're saying is what it does to those generations, the generations that like they're, I don't know, 17, 18, 19, I mean, 20 right even, now. Yeah. I'd even go as young as like 13. Yeah. Where you're old enough to start like figuring things out about like mm -hmm. more than just your, your own personal toy collection. Yeah. yeah. You start looking at the actual world. I think, I think that whole age range of people, whatever that the whatever the next group is after Zoomers, I guess those mm. are going to be the ones that it's going to be real interesting to see because I, you know, there's no telling, there's no telling how what their general outlook is going to be. I think Zoomers, you know, I think we talked about it before. Zoomers, I think are I have a lot of hope in. I think they're going to mm. they're the first ones I think that were born without the, pre the pretense of, a, of the great lie that is a, the American dream. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I definitely think the next generation after Zoomers are going to know that's true after watching how COVID got handled. Um, so I think, I mean, maybe like by the time us millennials are in the, the place of the boomers where we're the old people, um, I think we could see things like universal basic income, Medicare for all, all those things actually taken seriously and not I, I will be extremely interested to see like when aoc is fucking biden's age and she's in there cranking along somehow i will be and she's not gonna be the only one she'll be the old fart like she's our generation's if she, person in there and it's like well the way she's already a celebrity she'll probably be president at some point when we are the uh when our generation's the majority and we're the old fucks in there, it's going to be very interesting to see what's different. Because it's going to happen. That's just how right. generational shit happens. Right. Like, yeah, the, the, new, the new kids are going to come along and make all the old people angry. And mm -hmm. old, eventually the old people are going to die or deal with it. Well, and I've noticed that with me. You know, I'm 33. And there's already stuff kids do that I don't understand. And it's like, and I remember thinking back when I was like 19 or 20 and I started to figure out how like marketing worked and all that. And cause hint, hint, if you're not up on that, essentially everything is marketed to teenagers. Oh yeah. Everything. And, uh, you got to find like, get them hooked on the crack and then they'll keep carrying the crack on. Teenage girls, especially because guys especially horny teenage guys metaphorical crack will do whatever stupid shit teenage girls mm -hmm. want them to do I, I watched it happen in real time i used to play in a metalcore band back in the mid 2000s back when that was cool like emo was cool and like mm -hmm. guys were wearing skinny jeans they had swoopy hair uh you know all of that was the cool thing going on and we would play shows and we would bring you know we would bring, we would pull crowds. Our, our, you know, when we were probably peaking naturally without help from other bigger bands, on our own we pulled about four hundred people. Um, I'd say about one hundred fifty of those were cute little scene girls, mm. and then all, all of them, each one of those girls had like the three orbiters that mm -hmm. was trying to hook up with her. So you had a ton of dudes that were trying to impress those girls. Um, once things shifted a little bit longer uh, or a little bit further down the line 
and EDM started getting big mm-hmm. and like dubstep and all that stuff. Well, that appealed to the same skinny jean crowd. So now those girls could actually go to a show where they could dance and have fun and bring more of their friends who don't like all the screaming, you know, heavy mm-hmm. music. And uh, so then you'd get those shows where like 200 girls would show up and then 600 guys would follow mm-hmm. them. So they it ended up being even bigger. So I, I watched that. I got to, I got to watch that happen in real time. And that, that tells you, man, if you can tap into a teen market, especially a teen female market, you'll get a lot of uh, residual market after that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, yeah, I can't remember why I was talking about that. To begin we with. were talking about like how the world's going to be. Uh, with the- oh yeah, post COVID is uh, yeah. So I'm just very eager to see because I mean even with my own business, like I do photo and video and audio work, it's like that's kind of up in the air. And like I know plenty of other businesses locally, like r- across the board, like uh, cushion repairmen, fucking mechanic shops. Fucking restaurants, gas stations, across the board, it's it's weird. So, like, I'm hoping we come through it, and there's some efficiency that comes out of it. Um, as that's like my one hurrah that I have for capitalism is like we you get a lot of efficiency, and a lot of shit progresses quickly, technologically speaking, with capitalism, and that's my like hurrahs for capitalism. So hopefully through this, we get some efficiency standards improved, like uh, with banking. I know we were talking about that before we started recording, but it's like our bank, we don't have to say which one, but uh, they've set up like a remote teller system you were talking about that's open till 7 p.m. Right. Why not the fuck? All banks are open till 7 p.m., you know? And with remote tellers. Like, why do I have to go inside yeah. of a bank to do my yeah. banking now? Like, it's, it, it's, it's like, even more so, why can't I just, you know, the way we can take a picture of a check and deposit it now, mm-hmm. why can't I do that? And then call a remote teller on my phone and then s- upload the picture and then deal with them and then get, like, here's your PDF file receipt. Like, there's no re- – like, that's essentially the same thing we're doing at those remote locations. I don't yeah. – you know, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I mean, I'm sure there's, like, security – things in place Mm -hmm. but i mean the fact that we like kind of go back to like you know my my yang propaganda my yang gang propaganda but like if you know it's it's uh he made the point if you can bank on the phone you can vote on the phone and Mm -hmm. i think that like we what we need is a complete overhaul of our system that recognizes technology yeah and i think that i think if we had that in place before covid we would be in a lot better place now Mm -hmm. Because we would be able to like sort of like systemize all these things and not just leave it up to up to chance and, and, and whims. Well, something like the unemployment website. Why does that even ha- in today's world when we've got Netflix? Netflix can stream terabytes of data. I would argue exobytes of data on a daily daily basis. Multiple websites can do this. It's nothing special. YouTube does this on the daily. Netflix, HBO, Amazon. They're running off Amazon server banks. So why the fuck is the unemployment website susceptible to crashing? Like it crashed in the beginning of this. It's crashed all throughout it. 
And uh, why is that even a thing? And then on top of that, it looks like a website that was like following really good design principles in like 1998. So it's like, why, why is this not updated in the world of Facebook and all of this? Why is this not updated? Why is this not more streamlined? And well, it also, it, it puts a gap on some people because the way the website's designed, I'm not sure if it would work on a tablet or on a phone. Right. So it puts a barrier to some people that may not have a computer. Yeah. I think, uh, what you're seeing there is a lot of, uh, sort of nepotism in a way mm. because the, I mean, you know, if you look at the way our government's set up, it's, it's full nepotism. Like, I mean, like if you look at like, you know, I mean, even going as far back as like, you know, you got like, George- well, just to be clear and what you're saying is I'm not even taking it as nepotism in the literal sense of like, I'm going to hire my brother to do this. I think that's what but it just is, literally I think like it's- friendly nepotism of like, Oh, my frat brother. I'm going to hire the guy I know instead of going for the person who can do a good job. Yeah. That's what I mean. Because the guy I know, not necessarily your literal family, because the people in charge of making these decisions don't understand technology and don't know the difference. And they go, Oh, you it's as a person who works in it, who works with, uh, to, to put it in my family's terms. Oh, you work with computers. Yeah. Um, they 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 think I know everything, and they think that. Um, oh, they think you can fucking hack the Pentagon. And they think that it's yeah. uh, it's no big deal to 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 do some of this stuff. And a lot of times it's no big deal, and it's such no big deal that you should really learn it yourself. Like my, uh, I remember my uncle wanted me to install a printer for him, and literally it was like, okay, so here's what I'm gonna do. I put in the disc, closed it, the little screen popped up on its own. I clicked OK, and it did everything. And I'm like, there's no reason you needed me. Like there's no yeah. reason you need yeah. me to do that. But don't blow it. You just gave, like, the secret to millions of, like, self-employed IT guys. That's no, no. like <laughs> What they're paid to do, is No, my, my department, we have, like, inter-department meetings where we don't, we don't include, like, the bosses and stuff. Yeah. And, and uh, most of what we talk about is, like, man, yeah, you know what would make our life better? Like, making us op- our jobs obsolete. Like, the, the more we can make our jobs obsolete, the better our jobs would be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've, I've done a little IT stuff and know my way around a computer. And, yeah, my family acts like I could build the Hadron Collider because I've built a PC. I built one for my dad. And it's like, I don't know, for any of you all out there, any of y'all can build a PC. It's literally like... All the plugs match. Fit the square peg into the square yeah, hole. All the plugs match. Simple you just, enough. You just look for where the plug goes and you find it and you plug it in. Yeah. It's not hard. If you got some sense, you can do it. But, um, yeah, getting back on track, though, COVID. So um, I want to talk about this Tom Cruise rant. I'm sure everybody's heard it. We're going to play it just uh, so it puts everybody in context. But, again, weirdest year ever, Tom Cruise. The headline reads, Tom Cruise blows blows up uh, on crew on, right. on the MI7 or MI8. Mission Impossible set. Um, and then I agree with him? I don't know. I'll play it here. We're in Hollywood making movies right now because of us! Because they believe in us and what we're doing! I'm on the phone with every studio at night! Insurance companies! Producers! And they're looking at us and using us to make their movies. We are creating thousands of jobs, you I don't ever want to see it again. Ever. 
do it, you're fired. And I see you do it again, you're gone. And anyone on this crew does it. That's it. And you too. And you too. And you. Don't you ever do it again. That's it. No apologies. You can tell it to the people that are losing their homes because our industry is shut down. It's not going to put food on their table or pay for their college education. That's what I sleep with every night. Yeah, see, that's where... That's where he gets a little entitled. Yeah. I don't know. I can kind of... See, people get the idea. Well, sorry, stuff. beyond your apologies. I have told you, and now I want it. And if you don't do it, you're at so I don't know it. I kind of agree with him. I mean, I I do agree with him. But he is right. Yeah, he's a hundred percent right. And uh, it's like I don't know. Tom Cruise isn't your average movie star. This isn't like I don't know. He he's a guy that gets really hands on. Like he does his own stunts. He produces like all of that. And so when you're doing a movie as big as Mission, the Mission Impossible series, which is great, by the way, um, you're employing hundreds, if not thousands of people. Right. And so I can see where he would have that on his mind of like, plus he seems like an intense fucking guy anyway, even take Scientology out of the question. He seems like an intense type of guy. So I could see him sleeping. So that's like, no, we've got to do this fucking right. Because if we do it right, we're setting the example moving forward for Hollywood and we're employing a tons of jobs. Like the guy, he's the type of boss that does feel he's like, no, I'm putting food on your table. Right. You know, well, I, I have, I have a very, you catch more flies with sugar than you do with vinegar. Uh, yeah. Kinda, same. Yeah. Kind of attitude about it. So I think that maybe it wasn't the best approach, but what I don't know is, was this the first meeting was yeah, maybe this has been a repeat issue, and he's just lost his shit. I mean, if it's if he's had to tell these idiots like five or six times, you know, or I mean even three times, three times would yeah. be enough. I think where I would be like, all right, guys, I've tried being the good guy, yeah, and you guys won't let me be the fucking good guy. So you know what? Now's the time to lay down the law. Yeah, and like, you know, I mean, I don't know what else to say other than like, I mean, he's right. He, you do, you absolutely, especially you're if you. If you are blessed enough to get to work in the entertainment industry for a living mm-hmm. and enough to where you're paying bills off of what you make from it, um, considering that such the, the nature of that industry and how flighty everything is and how like um, it's, it's, you know, it's, you don't, you don't, it's hard. I mean, I know there's unions and things, but it's really hard to get like regular wages and regular work. Well, and I'll say, well, first of all, you answered one of my questions, which will you grab me a PBR and sure it's there? is you answered one of my questions I was going to have and pose is, A, do you think it's okay to berate people and talk to people this way? And, uh, yeah, I'm with you. You catch more flies with sugar than you do yelling at them, you know. And, um, but again, was this, thank you, was this the first time or was this the sixth time? And, you know, I had a brief stint there working sets and working crew jobs and pre-covid i would occasionally work like a weird random crew job where they needed like a a live camera guy or something and i will say 
in my experience, I've never worked on anything remotely close to the scale of Mission Impossible, but in my experience, these below-the-line guys that are rigging the lights, you know, doing the gaff work, they're rigging, they're doing grip work, unloading, and unloading trucks and, like, setting up trusses and things like that for lights. You know, yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Those people, they, nothing against them. They're good folk, hard workers. It's hard work, but they tend to lean a little right. Yeah, well, it's, yeah. it's, it's uh, you know, hard manual labor. And, yeah. And, that, like, that's, that's a very blue-collar thing, mm-hmm. you know. And it used to be a time when blue-collar meant you're probably Democrat, especially if you're talking about unions and things like that. But nowadays, especially, like, my experience with crew work, um, I, work I never worked in, with, with a union, but I've done a bunch of crew work. I've worked, like, just some of my, my, my history. I have... I've done like uh, stagehand work at Bonnaroo, and I've done like um, you know, I've, I worked Disney on Ice one year, um, and then I worked like Carrie Underwood one year, and I've done I've done some stuff, not nothing like major. Um, it wasn't like I toured with any of those people. I just did like you know. Yeah, I literally only ever did cushy camera gigs. Um, I, like my I, camera was already set up when I got there. I unloaded <laughs> trucks and built like props and things like that. Um, no, but it it's a lot of, uh, you know, salt-of-the-earth kind of people who do that. And, like, especially, like, those kind of things where it's local. Like, like I said, I wasn't touring with these people, so I didn't have any kind of, like, real pedigree or anything. Yeah. Um, and you're working with other people who are local. Well, they, you know, hey, we need people to push boxes. You think, like, you know, a lot of college-educated <laughs> people are coming, push, coming to push boxes? Probably not. Like... I'm not saying that, you know, I mean, I, you meet all kinds of people doing that kind of work. And, and like, I'm not, I'm not speaking to anybody's character at all. That's not what I'm trying to say. But what I, but what I am saying is that, yeah, it's a lot of, uh, a lot of salt of the earth. People. Well, a lot of, I feel like a lot of people outside of that fence think of the entertainment industry as a whole as one blanket liberal right. sort of thing. And it's, no, it's pretty much just the people you see on TV yeah, the, that are liberal. The behind-the-scenes people, they're working regular-ass jobs, regular blue-collar, hard manual labor jobs, sometimes for 14-hour days. And, uh, like, just to my own limited experience is, like, one of the gigs I worked, and it's not just the the grips and the stagehands and whatnot, is... I can't remember if he was doing sound or lighting, but either way, he was like back there running one of the shits from a big computer system. And all he, like, we all had earpieces on and all we would hear on his channel is him just being like, yeah, Trump wouldn't let this happen. Like just, he's doing an incredible light or sound show, whichever he was doing. It all went off without a hitch, but it's like, God damn it. And it's like, because you, you'd think it's like, no, we're all working in the same industry. We all kind of have the same view, but no, it's very different. So to Tom Cruise's, I don't agree that you should talk to people that way, but knowing from my own experience that some of these behind the scenes people like that may not necessarily believe that the virus is a real thing. And so maybe this is the fifth or sixth time he's had to say something and he finally just snapped. And in that case, yeah, fucking Beretta, man. At that point, like... I, I like you said. I agree. You shouldn't talk to people like that. You catch more flies with honey. But fifth or sixth time, right? Yeah. If, 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 I think more context is needed to really draw a firm judgment. But like 
all the sentiments I agree with. Like that's the, that's the thing, and that's the thing that I have to like you know reconcile in my own mind is that like well I mean I don't I I make it sound like I've been thinking about this a lot. It's Tom fucking Cruise. I don't you know I I like his movies. I think he's I think Scientology is probably a fucking scam that needs to be dealt with. But that's neither here nor there. In this particular case, this particular instance, he was upset about the right things and maybe not the most effective at getting the right point across. Like, It's just funny to me because it's like, because I agree with him, but it's like not the way to maybe go about. I, don't, I just don't agree with talking to people that way. <laughs> it's like, it's like, you all don't fucking understand. I'm trying to bake a cake and you don't even buy the butter. <laughs> I told you to pick up the ingredients and this is the fifth time. I'm sick of it. I'm not going to bake another cake. <laughs> it's like, no, you man, do it again. You're fired. <laughs> no. But I'm still going to bake this cake. <laughs> now that where he, lo- where he lost me a little bit though, is when he was like this, that's what I have to sleep with every night. It's like you sleep on probably the most comfortable bed in the world. Motherfucker. I don't, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> like, I don't know. I can see how that stress would get to him though. Like I was saying, he seems like an intense guy and, uh, I don't know. I could see him like legit. I mean, like, no, we're employing people. We're because he is narcissistic too. You kind of have to. I don't see well, how you could be Tom Cruise and not be narcissistic. But like, but, we're setting the example. But he doesn't lose sleep being involved with yeah. one of the most nefarious organizations on the planet right now. So yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm like, I lose sleep over this. I'm like, okay, I mean, I get it. And like, yeah, you're you're right. People mm. people's livelihoods are being affected, and, and it's good to be concerned about that. But to act like you're some great bastion of all this, I don't know. It just seems yeah. seems a little bit ass sucky to me. Yeah. Um. You know. But again, like I, you know, again, I think I think like his points are true. I'm gonna be definitely using those sound clips as memes for the next as long as this is until the vaccines are in the general population, and then you just got the anti vaxxers But I feel like once vaccines are out, then let the anti vaxxers fucking be like, no, not me. Then they get then okay, cool. Oh, why am I on a respirator? Well, you know. Yeah, I just wonder at what point after the vaccines are out, are we good to move on? Like, we don't have to wear masks. Um, I mean, I'm going to probably keep masks as part of my routine. I don't mind the masks, like, for the record. Like, they don't bug me one bit. Yeah, I will do it until numbers drop. Actual, we see numbers drop. Um, I, I'd be lying if I said that once I get the shot in my arm, mm. if I'm not going to be, like, starting to go to some of these open mics happening and stuff like I will once once I've had the shot I'm I'm gonna well I'll probably won't it won't be that next day but it'll be like I'm gonna give it like two weeks to get into my system Mm. see if there's any adverse effects once I know I'm good you know what we did what we could I'm they're they're saying now that this shot you know how it takes two doses I didn't know that but yeah it takes two doses like right it's different for the Pfizer one and then the uh, whatever the other one is. One's like three weeks and the other's like a month. I think I'm talking about the Pfizer one. But they're starting to think that it's like maybe the two doses, they're realizing that it's like 85% effective with one dose. And then that second dose puts you to like 95%, you know, immunity. Hey, whatever it takes. But it's like... 85%, I mean, the standard flu vaccine's generally about 75% effective. So it's like, meaning that, 
of the people that take it, 25% of the people are still going to get the flu. So at 85%, double the dosage. You know, like if it's the set, if it's two doses, it, you know, double that up. People don't need both doses from what it sounds like. At least for the first round. Let's I'll, do that for the first round. Well, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, ultimately, when, when I get to take it, I'm going to trust what the doctors tell me yeah. to do. So if it's yeah, two I, doses, I'm it's two I'm doses. I'm talking entirely out of my ass here. Yeah, yeah. if it's – I don't I don't know anything about any of that, so I can't, I can't chime in on that. But, like, I'm going to follow whatever the doctors say I need to do, and I'm going to do it because I think that that's like, hey, let's beat this fucking thing. Let's not – let's mm. not fuck around. Let's not be like, whoa, but – Actually, I read an article on a site that always says things I agree with that says that uh, the, vi- the vaccine is the real virus. I'm like, oh, cool. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I just feel like it's like I'm ready to move past this and I want to do whatever it takes to. And you know what? Oh, it, what if it kills me? Well, guess what? I, I also uh, drink a lot and smoke a lot. And I probably am not going to live the whole span of what my life should have been anyway. So let's go ahead and play with fire. Who cares, right? If I die, if, if, the, if the vaccine is toxic and it is a bad thing, it's nefarious, and I get it and I die and I'm an example, then I did some good in the world. <laughs> and if not, and it just helps me live a, a regular life again and I get to do comedy again, that's also a win for me. Yeah. I'll get it once I've seen, uh, I don't know. It's probably not even going to be accessible to us until right. May or June. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to see lots what happens to people a lot of times before mm-hmm. it's, we even get the opportunity for it. Yeah. So like that's, that's the thing like, oh, well, how do I know it's not going to be bad? Well, you'll pay attention and you like, mm-hmm. like the vice president got it on TV. Watch what happens to him. Does, does, does bad things happen to him? To put this in terms I think that's relevant and you all can understand, uh, look how long it takes when a new gaming console like the PS5 comes to stores. Look how long it takes us here locally for you. You know, if you're not one of these assholes that goes and lines up at Best Buy at 5 a.m., if you're not one of these people, look how long it takes throughout the history for us to get the new PS5 in a store where you can just go like a normal person and buy it. Right. Be like, it's a Saturday. I've got five, 600 bucks to blow. I'm going to go get the new PS five and spend my day playing with that thing. And you can just go to Best Buy and pick it up. It generally takes four to five months. Now, what if the PS five was necessary to live a normal life? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And and it affected everyone in the world. Yeah. So yeah, it's probably good. It's probably going to be a bit, um, and oddly enough, that timeline kind of tracks of about when the PS5 has been released is when this vaccine starting to become available. So when you all can just go freely buy a PS5 in a Target or a Walmart, it's probably around the time. You can do it without a mask on. Yeah, you can probably do it without a mask. Well, maybe not without a mask, but you can probably go get your vaccine. Right. Right before you do. Yeah, it. that's true. I, yeah. I was be, I was being hypothetical anyway, but yeah, um, I, yeah. Don't don't use me as, as any kind of advice. Don't 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 be like, hey, Ian said I shouldn't wear a mask. You're like, no, no, no. Uh, I, th- I, you know, yeah. I think uh, hopefully, hopefully everybody, you know, start especially like my seeing seeing Vent, uh, Pence get the vaccine. 
made me feel kind of good. Like it was, it was, it was like, you know, I know this guy stands against a lot of things I stand for. Um, but maybe some of the people who are idiots will think twice. And, and like, cause, cause the thing is, is that the symbol of someone like that doing it, it makes people who, again, you have that whole, like, I don't want to ever admit that I was wrong kind of thing inside of you that pushes a lot of this narrative. It makes more of those people say like, no, see, I was just following their lead. They said it was fine. So that way you can get it without feeling dumb or feeling like you're betraying yourself. That's why, again, I think like the, the, the leaders have to lead by example and like they can't just rely on the whims of their voting base. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's the stupidest thing. But even though those people are still going to be like, well, they, did they do a close-up on the, on the vaccine vial? They could have injected him with saline. You know, like, they could still why, say why would Why would it's the guy who's... what you were saying. Like, you, you hit a wall with them. Yeah, why would the guy who's on your team do that? But, yeah, again, it, yeah. You, it, you just hit a wall, so you can't, you mm-hmm. can't have any more discussion because, the, I, you know, I, I don't want to be the guy who says that there should be an IQ test to make you legally able to breed, but I don't have any kids, so... <laughs> yeah. Something, uh, so moving on to one of the last things I want to talk about is something I actually wanted to talk about a couple weeks ago, but we just didn't have, we get to it. Um, and so it's a guy back at the start of this, we kind of broke down our political leanings and things like that. And I think I made us do something like name somebody on the other party that you like. And, um, I said, Dan Crenshaw. Texas, I think, congressman. And the one-eyed guy. Yeah. Seems like a decent guy. Uh, seems pretty reasonable. And even though I disagree with him on a lot of things and we're, you know, he's a Republican, I think we need more Republicans like him. Till the other day, and he started throwing out some shit about AOC, who I also disagree with on several points. But he start, he's been campaigning... Uh, for the Georgia, like, runoff elections, you know. He's put out several tweets, and he said, like, in campaign uh, rallies and whatnot, just making fun of her for her food service job, for her being a server, for... He was like, oh, what are we going to do? Get the waitress? Yeah, yeah. Or, or what are we going to do? We're not wondering... If, you know, we want to know about what kind of gin goes in a cocktail... Maybe we'll ask AOC. You know, stuff like that. And it's like, fuck you, dude. Yeah. Fuck you. He took the he he took the the Trump pill too a little, a little too hard, I yeah. think. Where he's now it's like, you know what? I can just bemean this other person and, and like bring up non sequiturs and like, you know I don't know. Like I, you know, I, I, I'm largely critical of AOC. I will say she's grown the beard a lot since the pandemic started. Mm. She says a lot more things I agree with now than she did before uh hand, which because uh, before she was super pro Bernie and anti Yang, and now they're all those ideas are starting mm-hmm. to coalesce now that we understand the importance of them. But um, no, Dan Crenshaw, yeah, he's been kind of a piece of shit for the past couple weeks, is, yeah. from, from what I can tell. Yeah, it's uh, it, he's, he's he's fallen far from me. He's well, yeah, I think he's also a virus denier. I think mm-hmm. he's like one of those people who really pushes the, you know, I got an eye patch. I if I can lose an eye, I can survive a fucking pesky little mm-hmm. bug or you know. It's that whole macho, I got a tiny dick, I got to compensate for it kind of thing. Like, I mean, if he had a tiny dick, I bet that eye patch was like, oh, fuck yes. 
This is going to give me a story. Yeah, it really disappointed me because I liked that dude. And I heard him say that. And even though there's plenty of things to rally against AOC on. Stuff I disagree with her on. Well, you know. And if you were going to go more extreme against her, there's still plenty of political policy for you to disagree with her on. But she won. Is You should live in the present. Like, so what? She was a waitress. She worked an honorable job. Right. Like, in what is a huge industry that's suffering right now, and you're just throwing it out there like it's a bullshit job. Well, like, you know, I mean, pre-pandemic at least, like, you know, we both go to bars a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of the people that we know and talk to every day, like even me and my cushy desk job, I get to work from home that's, you know, corporate as fuck. Um, I know servers who make more than, well, at least I, I, I mm-hmm. did. I don't know about now, and, and, and you know, that's, that's part of the problem. But uh, I think that, like, you know, to act like that's a lesser thing, where it's like, I know servers who make bank compared to what yeah. I make. Like, it's it's not a, that's not some lesser thing. Like, it, it like it's 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 not easy work. It's not you know, dealing with the public and like keeping a smile on your face because your money is dependent on them thinking that you like them. That's rough. Like that. That's mm-hmm. that's all. Like I mean. I feel like our system is almost like inhumane to the point. Like, I mean, like there's, there's been talk of, of doing away with the tip system, which I mean, I know some people would not like that, but also I think it's also like better to not need it and just know it's coming in, mm-hmm. you know, and then maybe have tips as an optional thing if you do fine. But like, I think like the whole model of you get paid a penance and then, but you need your tips to actually be the bulk of your income now, tips should be supplementary. You should still you should li- you should have a livable wage, and then mm-hmm. if they're going to be tips, tips should be allowed. But they're that's a nice like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a tip so you can treat yourself instead of like I'm gonna tip you because I have to because if I don't you'll get evicted. Like that's that's kind of a bad system in my opinion. Oh, it's a terrible system, and um, countries that don't do tips. Like, I don't know. It's just a huge thing. I mean, we live in kind of a foodie city, so I get the argument from, like, chefs and, like, restaurant owners. So what? Jack the prices? Like, yeah. Oh, we can't afford to pay everyone and, you know, all of our waitresses a a livable hourly wage. What the hell? Just raise your fucking prices if I'm not tipping. Yeah, do it enough to where it offsets the amount that I was going to pay anyway. Yeah, anyone that would be upset from that was not tipping appropriately anyway, and they're a piece of shit. Right. You know? I My tip system, like, I start at five bucks. You know? It's like, for my standard place, generally, you know, I'm not going fancy places all the time, but, like, generally five bucks. I don't, I don't, and a lot of times, that equates, like, I get a couple beers somewhere, that equates to 50%, if not, like, 30 to 50% somewhere around there. Yeah, I don't I don't I'm not that that generous. I do 20 I do a flat 20, but I always round up. Yeah. So I always I'll do like okay, I'll move my decimal over, I'll double that number mm. so that way you know I, I move the decimal over to 10%, double it to 20 and then round up to the next whole dollar. Yeah, like you were saying it's a shit system and a good portion of our friends are in the service industry dependent here. upon that yeah. system and a lot of them like have, have been accustomed to like it because of how much money they can make on a good night mm-hmm. but would you rather not trade that for the fact that on a bad night you still make enough like you don't yeah. rely on those good nights like to me that seems like 
a better system. Mm-hmm. And then, like, if people want to still tip, you that's going fine. to work shouldn't be you going to a poker table, right? Yeah, and like you're and like tips the, the whole like twenty percent is customary. No, fuck that. Whatever I want to give is customary because it's supplemental to an already good job. Like, hey, you're getting paid a living wage to bring me drinks, but you did a fantastic job. I'm gonna give you a little something extra, and that's not gonna be a life changing amount of money. But it, you you get to treat you'll you'll get to buy yourself a drink later. You know, and then also pay your bills because your job pays your bills because that's how it should work. I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm off base here. I know, like I said, I know a lot of servers who love the tip system because of how much money they can make. But, mm. dude, it makes me wonder. Like this is getting a little off topic, but I'll toss it out there. We're over time anyway, and need to wrap it up. But we'll talk about this before we go out. Is it makes me wonder. And I don't know shit about this, but if you could open a bar and just tell your staff, be like, this is why you want to work here. I'm going to pay you a fair wage that's like this much hourly, but you don't get tips. Any tips that are received go in this jar, and that jar is to go to something collective. Because it wouldn't be a big bar. I'm imagining a place about like JJ's. Right. JJ's or Unknown Caller or something like that. Like where you, at most you've got like, a rotating five-man bar staff. And any given night, you've got two of them there, you know? And uh, so you don't have a huge staff and be like, we've got this jar, that's the collective tip jar, but it's none of y'all's because you're getting paid a fair wage. Right. And then just you vote or figure out some fair way to figure out what to do with that tip jar money that goes to the collective whole. And it's like every three months or whatever, we divvy that up and we can choose to do something with it, throw a party or we can just split it up or whatever and pocket it or take a vote on it or whatever. It makes me think you could run a pretty successful bar like that, which makes me wonder why nobody has done that. Well, it's easy to say I've never run a bar, so I can't can't say for sure, but I, I do feel like, like, I mean, I think the reason things are the way they are is because they've all kind of always been that way. Yeah. And so I feel like it's th- throwing these ideas of change up are a big threat to established businesses. Now, I feel like if you were going to start a new business, um, but then also you've got the examples of like that. But also, there, I, I don't think it's a good example because it wasn't a good business model to begin with. Like, And I'm not knocking the local vegan restaurant establishments. Um, I've been to Sluggo's multiple times. I used to go to Sluggo's all the fucking time. I actually haven't, like, in a long time. I, I, I feel bad. I need to go down there because I like the food a lot. Dude, once it's okay, take me to a metal show. Oh, man. Yeah, we'll yeah. do it. We'll do it yeah. for sure. You'll have fun. Um, Sluggo's, yeah, we used to book a lot of metal shows there. Um, but, you know, there was the the story of this vegan restaurant who was, like, super woke in, like, in their ideology and stuff. And they were like, we're going to pay all of our employees a living wage and not rely on tips. And they went under so fast. <laughs> mm. But also because they're a, a niche product. Yeah. Whereas if you were a, a steakhouse, you know, yeah. you had like the best steak in town, you could probably get away with paying your yeah. employees a living wage. Like if you had a place like, uh, I mean, you're a Chattanooga veteran here. You remember Lamar's? Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you had a place like Lamar's that was a tiny establishment, um, hell, I really wonder what his electricity bill was because he never turned on the fucking lights until it was time to leave. <laughs> and, uh, and so, 
you've got good fried chicken and shrimp and you serve really solid cocktails, a place like that where it's like, I don't know, it's just that you pay your small staff a livable wage and then the tip system all goes in a jar that's for the collective whole or whatever. And uh, I feel like it could succeed, but I've never owned a bar. You know, like, I, I mean, well, the know key, nothing the, what the I'm talking about. The key is having a product. Like, if, as long as you have people spending money there and you have a product people want, you can kind of do whatever you want. Mm. If you're a niche offering and you're, like, only for a select clientele, um, you've either got to have really exorbitant prices or you've got to be creative. And that's mm. where you get a lot of, like, other types of places where they don't, they don't, you know, they're like, hey, we're, like, um, I don't want to. I don't want to call anybody out, but I do know of a local bar that where like the staff only basically makes their tips and they don't actually get wages. Yeah. But they all it's all, it's volunteer. They they sign up yeah. and do it because the tips are good. Yeah. Again, that's what I'm saying. Like a lot of people don't hate the tip system, even though I think that that's. Well, mo- I'm sure there's other perks. Like they probably drink there for free. Yeah, and yeah. I think I think that a lot of that too, the not hating the tip system is is kind of a Stockholm syndrome in a mm. way. We're like, no, no, they're good to me. They're very good to me. And it's like, I, I mean, maybe not. But, you know, I, I'm not I'm not any kind of board. I'm not, like, I'm not proposing any kind of major revolution or vote. I'm just piecing things together as I go along. Well, and I would I could see the other side of where, like, you work in some place. Uh, I don't know. And I'm talking pre-COVID. Right now, it doesn't fucking matter yeah. about the tip system because nobody's making tips. But I could see... Where somebody working at like, God, it's been so long. I can't even remember. Like, what's well, like where a hot spot? I, I mean, but like Southside Social. You know, down there where it's just like your woo girls and your chads and all that are down there partying. I could see where working there as a bartender, you'd be very pro tip system because I'm sure you come out of there at the end of a night. With one fifty, two hundred bucks on some nights. You're, you're, what, what's probably happening is it's probably people making full time wages working part time. Yeah. It's probably people who work twenty hours a week and have a lot of flexibility in their schedule yeah. to take time off and do what they want because they're because it's a tip system. People want those hours as yeah. opposed to like like I work in a in a salary system, which means that I will take any day off they throw at me. <laughs> like, yeah. um, but like. You know, where, where you know that, like, hey, I really need this day off. You know, there's going to be five people who are going to be fighting each other for that day, and you're, and you know, I mean, you're you're only working twenty hours a week, but you're making enough money that you would if you were working a nine to five in some office mm-hmm. somewhere. I can see why that's appealing, but that's also very largely dependent in the product you're selling, that your mm-hmm. establishment is selling, and the nature of the climate. Which right now, um, I mean, like, I don't care how good. A burger is. I'm not going to eat dining anywhere, you know. And I ordered my favorite burger in town delivery, and it was a disappointing experience. Yeah. And I won't do it again. Where was it? Um, it was Main Street Meats. Yeah, and that's no fault of Main Street Meats. I it's just to go. It's a different. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah. They didn't. They they didn't send it to me, so I don't blame yeah. them. Um, they like I I've eaten you know a number of burgers from there, and it's always been fantastic. And every time I've eaten there, it's been wonderful. The one delivery was not awesome. And I feel like that bad because I'm like, oh, don't get them delivered. But, like, maybe if you live nearby, get them delivered. But I live mm. pretty far away, and it was just a bad call. Yeah. I, I've had that same experience. Mine was Tremont. And, again, it was nothing on Tremont. But it's just not a to-go food. Like, it's meant to be eaten there 
at the at the place. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. That's a that's that's a sad reality we're living in, but you know, it's hopefully there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Fauci seems optimistic. Fauci does. And you know, yeah, the little like, worm, that little Christmas elf motherfucker. Yeah, the little worm lied about masks at the beginning, but he had an honorable reason for lying about the masks. He was afraid people would buy them up and the medical professionals wouldn't have them. And uh, he explained the lie, and I understand it, so I'm okay with it. Um, I'm not saying it was right, but we've all, you know, told a little fib like that once in a while. Well, we're, we're, we're in a weird situation. We're all learning as we go and adapting. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm not saying that that was good or bad. I'm just saying that, like, you know, I, I think everyone gets a lot of leeway during this period, except mm. the president, because he actively hid the truth. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, let's wrap this up. Guess uh, yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, and 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 I want to re- reiterate a point I made earlier. I want I want feedback. I want I want yeah. I want viewer mail to respond to because I feel like uh, you know, if we've got viewers, why not? Like you know, I mean, why not connect with that audience that's out there? So if you're listening to this, let me let us know. Like that that'd be cool. <laughs> and. Uh... Yeah, well, just go to the bottom of the brew chat page and emails from there. And then next episode, we'll have an actual proper email address. And like I said at the top, get on down to Riverside Wine and Spirits. And go check out Merchants on Main here locally. And if you're not in Chattanooga, Merchants on Main has an online store. I need to get a URL for that, but I think they're on Etsy. But uh, yeah, if you're coming through town, check them out. And Riverside as well, if you're coming through town and you maybe... uh, need to get a last minute Christmas gift or just booze to take to a holiday party. They're right there. I think it's highway 27 across old Johnny bridge. I think that's 27. Is that? Yes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just pop off. It's like the only thing that would make literally make it better is if they had a drive through, but outside of that, it's that simple. Just hop off there. But outside of that guys, thanks for listening. This has been a good time and shit's still fucked. <laughs>